Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about uh, God's forgiveness and mercy after an abortion experience. And I'm Tim Welsh, and I'm here with my wife, Jo. Hello. For all of you who uh, have never listened to this show or maybe have forgotten, Jo and I have an ex- abortion experience in our past when we were dating uh, mm-hmm. 40 40 ish. 40 years plus. ago. 40 plus years ago. Um, uh, Joanne and, and I have both been through some abortion recovery programs. Yes. And uh, I'm more on the periphery than you. I yes. Mean, you've you, you've uh, been through. I, I'm just dragging you along. Yeah. I'm getting. Uh, I'm. Yeah. Or you're pushing I'm, I'm me. I'm just told I, what I can't to re- do. I can't remember how this is working. Push me, pull you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So today I thought, you know, there's a couple of things I really kind of want to talk about and kind of get off my chest, I think. One one of which is, you know, there's... So I can just sit back, you're going yeah, to do go all ahead, the talking. have a good time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have a cigarette or whatever. Gosh, it's been a long time since we've smoked, hasn't it? Probably yes. equally 40 years. Yes. Um, anywho, so we're, we're okay. digressing okay. greatly. So one of the things I really kind of wanted to talk about, and, and I wanted to get your opinion on, because... Um, I find, you know, that we have, we all like doing thing, doing good things for other people. Mm-hmm. We all like yeah. to be charitable. We all like, and, and most of the time our motivation is to actually, uh, affect an end result that is good, not only for us, but for the people that we encounter. Right. right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel that's a, that's kind of a baseline thing, but sometimes that goes awry. You know, sometimes with all good intentions, we actually hurt somebody, you know, or we we um, uh, distract them from what they're doing or we we don't we don't give them the best chance of being that fully them and, and being God's children. Right. And okay. The, those, okay. So you're with me. So I'm, far, I'm right? so far. I'm okay. with you. OK. So what I uh, what I was thinking about this morning was. You know, we, I, I think sometimes, and, and, and I have been, as uh, maybe the listeners, again, if they're new, they won't, would not know this. I ran Ohio Right to Life for 10 years. I ran PDHC for mo- almost a decade. I ran Bethesda Healing Ministry for four years. I've been all around the pro-life community for the better part of my adult life. Yes, that's you know? true. So, and, and from an administrative perspective and from a strategic perspective and all that stuff. So I don't mean any disrespect for anybody when I say what I'm about to say, but I think sometimes the pro-life community, with all good intentions, are a little insensitive to those women who have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. I, I think they really want to help. I think they, I mean, they, I, you know, the the people in the abor- in the pro-life movement, in my opinion, are the the most caring and charitable people I think I've ever met in my yeah, life. Absolutely. But sometimes what they do and what they say just just sort of is a little insensitive. Yeah. And you know, you and I've talked about this a little bit that we you know, the, using the word abortion healing for instance. You you know, I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I've said it 150 times that that the word healing implies that you actually can, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. so I always like the term abortion recovery better. In fact, you know, when I was at PDHC, I, I 
you know, we we renamed the abortion healing program right. to be called abortion recovery. It's right. called the AR program, in right. fact. Now, so you know, and and I I I, I always equate it to a, you know, you blow out your knee or uh, playing some sport, or you break your leg or whatever, or you get your appendix taken out or something, and that never leaves you. You you're you're always you know whether whether you're completely healed in your knee or your leg or, you know, maybe the scar is, is somehow um, uh, not recognizable from taking a, an appendix out. At the same time, there is a scar there. Mm-hmm. And sure. I've had knee surgery, and I'm constantly concerned about my knees. I mean, I'm afraid to run downstairs too fast because I'm afraid this is going to buckle and, and end up on my face. So, I mean... So you're you're never quite healed, and the same thing mm-hmm. is true, I believe, anyway, with the abortion experience. That is a profoundly difficult experience, and it is a profoundly um, pervasive experience in the sense that it continues with you your your whole life. And I think those times when we in the pro life community use the word healing, I think it does a disservice to the women. Yeah, and I also think. Uh, some of the rallies and and all that kind of stuff. You know, when when people use the word murder and kill and those mm-hmm. sort of yes. very harsh words, I think that has a distractive effect on the women's ability to get over their experience that they that they so feel hurt by now. So sure. uh, there's not really a question there, except that I just wonder if I wonder how you feel about that. Well, as you were talking for so long, no. Um, <laughs> it was only as, five minutes. <laughs> as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, Planned Parenthood does not promote the fact that you could have um, mental anguish over this abortion. So why why do we think all pro-lifers think differently maybe they don't have any idea that there's damage there's a scar there there's a um you know just a mental anguish maybe that's why um you know that's so pervasive and i i agree the pictures the using murder and killing and it it's it it doesn't make anyone want to go. Hey, I did that. <laughs> you know, it makes it drives the person that had the abortion deeper into their, you know, their anguish or into the closet. I mean, mm-hmm. who's gonna, you know, you talk about having a surgery, a knee or whatever. It's almost like a badge of honor. You know, I had this, or and then people will go, Oh yeah, I had that too, and this is what. You know, nobody does that. Hey, I had an abortion. Let me tell you about my scar, all my scars. Uh. Yeah. And, you know, that's not appropriate. And it's. Even I, though I, people will talk about uh, other things that are very pr- private <laughs> surgeries <laughs> at a cocktail party, they won't talk about that. True. Because it's a dirty little secret. Yeah. And I think probably. I mean, I've been on the march once. I know that you went with Ohio Right to Life. You went every year. 
And I think I went one time, and that was many years ago. But I didn't really feel like I wanted to look at anyone or know anyone because I wasn't, I was kind of an outsider. You know, I always felt like I don't really belong with this group because I have had an abortion. Well, and that, that does, you know, that does bring up another, another point that you were driven into that because your, your husband was the head of Ohio right to life and he was, he was actually leading Ohio right to life and, and you couldn't get away from it. Yeah. And that in itself sort of drove you deeper into your closet or your bubble or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a fascinating thought. So the other, the other thing I was curious about is, um, you know, some of the sort of smaller events, the, 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 uh, uh, the March is one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but what about, I can tell you this one time I was, I was speaking, uh, you know, we belong to St. Mary of the Assumption Church in Lancaster. And I was speaking about, uh, you know, every, every, um, at that time it was Father Don Franks that was the pastor there. And every October he invited me to come up and speak on pro-life stuff. You know, it's Respect Life Month, right? So I, you remember, I got up and told a story about my mom mm-hmm. the first time I, I spoke there. It's a very emotional thing for me, and I think a pretty emotional thing for the congregants there as well. But I remember looking out into the into the uh, uh, folks there, and there was this one woman sitting about five pews back from the front, just sobbing. I mean, she was like, you know, shoulders, shoulders quaking, shaking. you know, mm-hmm. the whole bit, and and I. To this day, I just wonder if that was because she had an an, an abortion experience in her past. And you know, with all with all good intentions, and I think it was a pretty good talk. I mean, I yeah, golly, it was. It was, you good. Know, it was good. It's it's self adulation, but yeah. I I do I do um, I do think it moved people. It right. clearly moved her. Yeah. But what did I do there? Yeah. Well, and maybe that is when, you know, when we all want, why aren't priests speaking about this from the pulpit? Maybe that's why, (laughs) you know, maybe they don't want people sobbing and, you know, like, I'm never going back there um, kind of feelings. Um, But, you know, we we don't know. And, And maybe that helped her. Maybe she was crying Maybe that helped her. Maybe she was like, I got to deal with this. Or, you know what I mean? It didn't have to be a bad consequence. Well, she should. She could have been crying about all kinds of things. I mean, sure. it, was a, it was a story about my mother's death. I mean, she could have just lost her mother the week before, for all I know. Right. I mean, I, you know, it, right. but, but I've often wondered about that. And, and you're right. I have heard priests actually say that. You got to be careful. Yeah and, about, and I, yeah. and I think that's a reasonable... Well, you don't want anyone to feel condemned, especially if they're sitting in church. Right. And and one wrong word could, you know, the mind could take you down a rabbit hole. You're like, oh, did he mean, he didn't use my name, but I think he looked over at me, so maybe he's talking to me, you uh-huh. know, and the, oh, I'm not, I'm never going back there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a good, that's a good point, because I remember the first I, the listening audience must know by now I'm a recovering alcoholic, and um, 
I remember the first few years I was actually sober. I remember listening to not only the 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 readings but also the sermons and thinking, how did he know what I? How did he know? He's looking right at me. Mm-hmm. He, he's preaching specifically to me when nothing he said could, Tim yeah I was like Tim don't drink <laughs> so I don't uh, uh, it you're you're right you, you your mind plays tricks on yeah. you but I mean that could be true about a million things right yeah. it could be true about any sin that we're holding on to that we think oh, I didn't confess that and uh, it could be any sin yeah it doesn't yeah. have to be you know, abortion, it could be anything. Yeah, there are, there are, there are other sins. There are other <laughs> sins. Uh, but I, I would say that when you have those types of experiences, like when I, when I was first uh, going through AA and all that kind of stuff, it was right. top of mind right. all the time. Right. And sometimes when you, uh, when you're going through, you know, the need for abortion recovery and even some of the early times of abortion recovery. You you hear things differently. Yeah. I was, I was just thinking to, again, as you were saying that, that it is amazing to watch the women that go through these sessions and just how by the end of it, by the time they're done with the workbook, they're, they're they're free to talk about things that they weren't they de- and they never felt they could talk about before it's it's so amazing it's and maybe i don't know if other people notice it that their family or whatever just in their manner and their they're more joyful and um they're just more alive they're more engaged in life you know, they're not sitting on the sidelines thinking, okay, some point I'm going to feel okay. And and it's and it's such a beautiful thing. It really is. That is uh, the perfect time for me to tell people that you're listening to Triumph <laughs> on on St. Gabriel Radio. Um, and this is a this is a show about uh, this is really a conversation between two people who've been through the abortion experience together. And the healing process and the the recovery process that that we have gone through, and it's about God's mercy and God's forgiveness for all of that, and and uh, you know we just love being here and love being able to talk about this openly. Um, it's been a long, long time before we were able to do that. That's true. So the uh, you know you, you you talk about the freedom associated with it, and I've told you this a hundred times that I. I have noticed that in you. I mean, you can, you could just, it's pow, it's, you you can touch it practically. You know, it's, it's, there, there's a different mentality. You are much more joyful and much happier and everything else than you have ever been. Um, and I just, I, that, that is a direct result of sort of dealing with, openly dealing with that, mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, experience. So let's talk about the women's groups that, you, the women's group that you've been, You've been sponsoring for two years now, yes. two or two and a half yeah. years. Yeah, a virtual, we've been meeting virtually. Yeah, it's a virtual thing. Yes. And um, you read a note 
to me last night that you had sent off. It was kind of a report to somebody that you were sending off how things were going and all that kind of stuff in your virtual thing. And I just wondered, you you said you've learned a lot from the women, and I'd like to know what that is. (laughs) Well, you're nosy. (laughs) I am nosy. You have to know everything. I have to know this. (laughs) I... You know, you go into something like that. I'm leading this group. And you go into it thinking maybe I know everything. I have all the answers, right? And I just, I each each time we meet, I, I just learn things. You know, I learn little nuggets of, of, of things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Um. And and just and beautiful things about how they want to mostly what is top of mind right now is just how they want to remember their child, because we're at the point in the workbook where they're um, they're asked to kind of come up with an idea to memorialize their child. Hmm. And, um, um, you know, for me, I, I don't want to speak for them, but for me. Um, I built this Karen. I don't think I'm probably not spelling, pronouncing it right, but it's a, it's a Jewish tradition where they take rocks and stack them up, and even put them on like a gravestone. If you ever, if anyone's ever watched um, Schindler's List, at the end, you know they're putting these stones, and it's just a, a way of remembering someone. But it's 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 a visual way, but it's it's subtle. You know, like I have the I have a little collection of rocks and um, that I put in my little flower bed. That's not the collection of rocks I keep running over with my lawnmower, is no, it? No, okay, no, no, that's, that's not it. Okay. Um, but, you know, everybody has a, a way. You know, one of, one of the gals was talking about she actually has a grave marker in Boston where, where she, you know, where she's been before. So, um, you know, and then she's, you know, one lady was saying, well, should I get a piece of jewelry? You know, it's just a, they're at the point where they're like, I can, I want to affect change. I want to affect someone else's life. This has helped me so much that I want to help somebody else. So um, they're trying to figure out, you know, kind of visually how they want to memorialize. I don't, I haven't really answered your question, but um I just feel like when you're in a group of, you know, when you're in a Bible study, when you're in any group, you, you kind of go, you go in thinking you have some knowledge and then you end up learning from everybody else. And, and that's what happens in, in kind of in the abortion recovery um, um, kind of setting because you're, I, I don't. I don't ever want to come across as an authority because I'm not a professional. I just have, I've heard things over the last 10 years, you know, that I can impart and and help and just hold a hand virtually and, and help people through it. Yeah. I, I I think there are, there are not, um, the only thing you need is to care, right? I mean, it's really the whole professional thing. All you need, there are plenty of professionals who don't care, who are completely, ineffective and there are plenty of people who are not professional who just care yeah and that's yeah that's and, and when you're in a group of you know where you're like 
when you're in a group that has the same experience, maybe it all happened differently, but basically it's the same experience. There's just a camaraderie there that you can you can speak freely. You can say, this may sound really crazy or silly or whatever. And you, you can say it to, to the people in the, in the group because it's a safe place. And, um, it's just, um, I, I guess maybe to answer your question, I've just learned how to be a friend to somebody, which I never, um, I, I'm not good at that. <laughs> well <laughs> true confessions no um you know what i mean i'm because you know when you're married and have a family that's kind of your focus it's kind of hard to have like deep friendships and learning how to be a friend to somebody i guess is is kind of basic of what i've learned so as as you're working do, do you ever are there are there certain times in this process that that these women that you work with you see a light bulb go off? I mean, you can kind of mm-hmm. you can kind of see that. Is, is, are there are there particular times when you see that light bulb go off and suddenly they quit saying, "Oh, this may sound a little silly," because they know it doesn't sound silly anymore because yeah. they're in that safe space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the the workbook we use you you delve into kind of like your childhood and you know, where, where things went off the rails. And then the big chunk of the book, not like in pages, but where the really deep work is when you're dealing with anger and forgiveness of yourself and everyone else involved. And then you start, you know, you accept your child and you say, you name your child. You know, there's so many parts in there in anger and forgiveness and um, naming your child. There's so much there where you're suddenly set free from all this, not all of it, but so much of the stuff that you've been hanging on to mm-hmm. that um, those are the, those are just the really great moments. And and I've said this before, I never thought I had anger um, because I don't like that word. It's like death, the dying, killing. Um it's it's a harsh word, so I never really thought I had it. And I think a lot of women that I've worked with over the years have that same kind of feeling like anger. I did this. I did this. Who can I be angry at? Mm-hmm. And then when you unpack all of that and the circumstances and it, I don't want to say it's a beautiful thing, but it is because they figure out themselves. They figure out who they are. and And it's, and that's, and that's what I experienced yesterday when I got the text from a friend that said, I had my ceremony, my balloon ceremony, and she goes, there were no tears, but it was light, and it was exactly what she needed to just go, okay, that this is it for now. I need to to say goodbye and until later. As As a matter of clarification, what's the balloon ceremony? It's when you um, kind of at the end of the workbook that we're working through where you you kind of you write a note to your child and you tie it to a helium balloon string and you go out wherever you want to be and have a little prayer and 
say goodbye and you let go of the balloon. And as weird as that sounds and as kind of hokey as that might sound, that that for me was hard to just, okay, I finally figured out. I finally figured you out. <laughs> now I'm going to let go of you. And it's, and I did it, but it was, it was hard. So she did it. She felt great about it. And she said it was light. And, and she said, there's even a funny story, which I haven't heard yet. So I'm excited to hear what the funny story was. And you're going to hear that today. Yeah. Good. She's going to call me. Well, this has been good. I, I just wonder about um, those revelations. You know, there's this, there's this thing uh, that more will be revealed and you know you've you have things revealed to you periodically that you and you you've been at how long how long have ten years ten years you've been at this for ten years you know working through the recovery uh various programs with p d h c with bethesda with with um rachel's vineyard mm-hmm. um so so any revelations recently that you'd like to share? Or can share on the air? Mm, I can't. I can't come up with something right this second. Well, I just there was. Did you think? Did you? Did I mention something that I? You did the had? other day. You mentioned that it denied me the opportunity of fatherhood. It was a revolution. Yeah. Revelation that yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I. Because it was my, you know, I kind of bulldozed my way into doing it that I didn't um I never thought of I never thought of it as hurting you or denying you any opportunities to be a father and I yeah that those things came those things come to me it's it's always you know the holy spirit going hey it's not all about you joe <laughs> Well, and it's really good uh, for all the listening audience to have somebody to hear that. You know, I mean, because yeah. there are there 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 are so many women out there suffering by themselves. Yes. And it was really good to um, to hear you say that because I viewed that as a as a good thing. I know it was an emotional moment for you, but I I viewed it as a good thing. So, if there, anybody in the listening audience feels like they need some help going th- navigating these sort of somewhat choppy waters after an abortion experience, know that God loves you. Know that there are people out there that really, really, really want to help you. Uh, you can find uh, some of those people at BethesdaHealingMinistry.org, or you can give them a call at 614-309-0157. That's 614-309-0157. Thanks for a good show, Joe. Yeah, that thank was fun. You. God yeah, bless every single one of you. You've been listening to Triumph on St. Gabriel Radio. Then-